Hey listeners, it's David West here. Uh, just doing a quick intro for this thing. Um, you'll get into this and realize, hey, where are those people that I'm used to listening to? Well, we're going to take this episode off, besides me doing this quick intro. Anyways, if you're looking for our panel from Indiana PopCon, um, you can check it out. It's available. It's with Sam Ellis, the lead character designer from Archer. And we'll be back next week for our weekly, normal uh, episodes. But you guys are in for a treat because this one is of an awesome panel. The Men in Comics panel at Indiana. No, not Indiana Comic Con. Shit, I almost did it again. I had to redo this intro because I had done that, I guess, every time in my last one. Um, but no, at Indiana PopCon, the Men in Comics panel, um, yeah, you guys are in for a treat. See, now that threw me all off. But either way, I hope you enjoy this. Um, if you want to watch this panel, it's actually available on our YouTube page. So just look up Kind of Epic Show on YouTube and it will be there. Um, you could also probably look it up from the episode title. Whatever. Now I'm just rambling and I need to get on with it. This is this is actually Gabe's fault because I had uploaded the episode and realized, like I said a second ago, I said Indiana Comic Con the entire time. But no, it was at Indiana PopCon. Progressive articles in there yeah. more than a lot of other magazines where you would think, though. Yeah, yeah. I just recently started uh, featuring cosplay. And yeah, I came across one of my pictures in Playboy on the website. Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> oh, and 
I forgot to plug my actual personal project. I also am the host. I should really do that. I'm also the host of Driving Home the Movie, which is a web series about movies. Great. My name is Taverja. I am the author of Viscountess and Countess. It's a science fiction fantasy trilogy. Um, I am also uh, a writer for Exo Jane. Um, my most recent article is I recovered from my abusive past by becoming a real life superhero. I don't know if anyone here is familiar with the real life superhero movement, but I was involved in that and I dressed up head to toe in uh, a costume and passed out food to the homeless um, on the streets of Chicago. Uh, I do other things too, but I can't really see what I do and I have a terrible memory. <laughs> For oh yeah, thank you, thank you, yes. I also participated in the Comic Creators for Freedom project where we, um, all the proceeds that we had raised went toward Love 146, which is an organization um, that helps with uh, ending human trafficking. Um, okay. Great, so we will begin. A-Forced Diversity is the name of this part of our panel. <laughs> so uh, the topic of discussion is where the heck would we find a picture of an all-male team in merchandising and other forms of media? Because it seems as though it's very female-dominated. So I would like to ask my panelists at this time, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Anyone? Well, we can talk about lumberjanes here. I mean, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could possibly take, you know, put a man in there or a a male? Because I mean, it's very female driven, and it might give men, you know, like some some problems. I mean, they might be scared to go into a comic book shop to get your book. <laughs> I see your points. Um, however, I don't. I don't know if I could like. I can't get into like the mindset. It just doesn't seem believable to me to see like a man character, you know, just doing like you know things that like a woman character would do, like walking around in the woods, camping, stuff like that. There is a distinction. The nature yeah, thing. How are they? I don't. I, can't, I don't see it. It doesn't seem realistic in my very realistic world that I draw. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand your points, to be fair, but my points, I think, are more valid. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, because I don't know if anybody is a fan of the new Black Canary book. Uh, I, I actually really love that book. But they were very good about making sure to put in a token guy onto that team. Now, granted, it is still an entirely female-led book, a, an entire a band that is with all women, but they made sure to have the token dude manager character, which I thought was really important for representation. Yeah, that's representation. And, yeah. and in A-Force, they managed to get one male in there, yeah. which, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, Namor, but... Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Um, I mean, it's nice, so. you know, people, you know, you have the boyfriend yeah. at home, and I feel like, you know, we're giving you this, like, take it, you know, he's there, he's probably, like, you know, fixing shelves or something, and what more do you guys want from us? Speaking of which, like, I'd like to um, address the fact that, you know, our, 
white, straight, cis males? Like, isn't that like a really specific like demographic? I mean, shouldn't we be worried that pandering to men will alienate everybody else? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but to be fair, most of the the white straight males are in Congress, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this isn't parody. <laughs> I, I do feel as if for the you know for the very few uh, men out there that are both white, straight, and, and cis, of course, um, they really do need some representation because they don't see themselves in any forms of media. So when comics can be the thing that bridges them and, and lets them see themselves in comics. I do think that there's something really beautiful about that. But do we need that? I mean, isn't that pandering? Because when you think about it, yeah. I mean, like the, um, the fact that women are portrayed in, in such a way, I mean, I mean, but then you have men, it sort of panders to like male power, um, power, what is it? What, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Ooh, I feel dirty now. <laughs> I, I will say that um, there's, there was a lot of controversy last year because uh, while this is not the first time that we've had a male Thor, the Thor did become, there was a man that was in the Thor role. And I had had someone recently tell me that, like, well, once I found out, once Marvel said that they were specifically looking for male readers, that that this person just assumed that it was pandering, which I find really interesting because if it's any other demographic, suddenly it's not pandering if they specifically say that they're that they're looking for a particular market. Yeah, I think I think they needed to make it a female because I mean the sales were really bad when it was a male. So yeah. you know, male male comics just don't sell. Yeah, so and on that we, note, like yeah. toy stores are overflowing with unsold Iron Man and Captain America merchandise. Yeah. But there's no Black Widow. So clearly she's selling faster than they can stock her. <laughs> Are men a viable market? No is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely I'm not. just not sure because we go to the stores and, and you can't find any of the female characters there. Um, they just fly off the shelves. So maybe they're just making too many male toys. I mean, I mean, clearly they're underpriced is what I'm thinking for them to just be flying off the shelves like that. Yeah, clearly the boys just aren't ready to commit like the women are to like really diving into the fandom. So, you know, they'll just let their stuff sit on the shelves. Thank we'll grab ours. Boys. Fair problem. <laughs> okay, so um, the typical portrayal of a man is either angry or really, really angry. <laughs> so I would like to know why can't they just cry and fall in love with, like women do? And how can and have comics explored traits that are gendered, you know, male or female? Like, what are your takes on this, being in the uh, positions you are? I would say that in my comic, Brothers Grant, I try really hard to address this because, like, I have men in this comic that are able to cry and be depressed, and it really offends a lot of people. So they're like, that's not male. That, they can't do that. And I feel like I'm trying really hard to 
bring light to this situation. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not just things that women do. You created the Brothers Grant in part to show emotional vulnerability yes. in your works. So, um, like with your male characters, and uh, could you extrapolate a little bit on could that? Could, could you ask it a different way? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what what is the what would be the stereotypically stoic hero like women with their shit together like what 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 does that mean? Well, usually it means that they're totally crying all the time because mm -hmm. they're so in touch with themselves. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, in since the writer of Nutmeg, who is in the audience here, James. He is a man. Stand up. So stand up, take a bow. See, we like to encourage men yes. in comics. Because yeah. while we can't He's find them very often, yeah, because we can't find them very often, when we do see them, we really want to give them a pat on the back and tell them, good job. Thank you for being good for you. And he's doing such a good job at writing 13-year-old girls yeah. in this comic, you know, he's not making them angry all the time. Because you know, from his male perspective, he probably doesn't know how to write women in any other way, so he's just like putting those, he's doing a good job not getting those male traits in there and making them all angry and tough. We did think to put you on the panel, but we figured we had it covered and we kind of know what men... It's too many yeah. Already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we've written men, so we pretty much know everything there is to know about men. I, I, did, uh, so. I did once read a Stan Lee bio, so I feel like I'm pretty confident to understand men in comics. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'd like to move on. Um, Christine, uh, this question is directed for you, actually. Um, Gender has a spectrum of characterization in comics. Where do a gender fluid or non-binary characters like Loki, Mystique, or Dr. Fate fit into the discussion of men or masculinity in comics? <laughs> 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 He's coming for you. Is he falling? Yeah. That's my cause about it. This is my cause about it. Make you feel loved. It's just like I'm male, am I right? I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way because that's how I talk. Um, so I, in my class that we did on uh, gender through comic books, we read a lot of um, gender is different than sex, just so everybody knows. Gender is, uh, is, is how you feel inside, whether you feel masculine or feminine or androgynous, whatever those mean to you. Um, so I had all of our students and our writers, we, we had a lot of writers in there. We had Mark Wade, we had Scott Snyder, James Tynan, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Devin Grayson. And so I had them take um, a test called the um, Them Sex Test. It was from the 1970s. And what it did is you took the test, you answered questions on the, um, from one to seven, and whether you felt, whether you, these traits were for you masculine or feminine, what, how you feel about this, like having kids, you know, do you think kids, do you like kids? Yes, I like them very much in seven, or, yeah, you know, only for breakfast. So, um, so, but instead of taking it for us, we took it for the characters that we were reading it, reading. So we took, we, we did it for Batman, and we did it for, um, well, we did it for all the other characters. We did Bruce Wayne, and we did Batman, and we did Superman, and we did Wonder Woman, and Captain Marvel. And so what was great, though, was while Batman came out as very masculine, Bruce Wayne was 
a little masculine. Superman was feminine, and Wonder Woman was masculine. And Kelly Sue was, was the funniest because she took it for Captain Marvel, and she said she took it three times trying to change her answers because Captain Marvel kept coming through as masculine, and she really wanted her to not be you know, that high on the masculine trait. So it just shows that you know, we have this problem that now I'm getting into my teacher voice, sorry. Um, we have this problem about you know, what is masculine and what is feminine. So you know, for, for the men out there that are really try, you know, trying, for those of us trying to write about men and, and include men in our comics, you know, we have to really think about you know, what we think of as masculine because every, every male in this room is gonna be different and different levels of, of how you know, they would rate masculine and feminine. And on that note, actually, um, this, this next question I'd like to direct at both Katie and Brie. There's a ton of all-ages comics out there, like Lumberjanes, Being Puppycat, Gem, and Miss Marvel, but most of them appear to be aimed at girls. That's super unfair, you guys. So I would like your thoughts on that. Yeah, and I think it's really important to realize that it is literally impossible to give a young boy a comic that has a girl lead because it just disappears into vapor. So never, ever try and let your kid who happens to be a boy read something like, say, Help Us Great Warrior just because it's an awesome adventure comic because there's a girl in it. So we've got to make sure that we avoid that. And, you know, there's no representation for young boys in comics. No, not at all. It's not really been traditionally something we thought of as being for them. So you have to watch out for that. You know, you don't want to... Let them think that anyone can go on an adventure and they can relate to people who don't look like them. That's not a, a thing you want to build in someone that young. You are him. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. He does I can't talk. I'm his voice. Okay. I have a picture of the other. Are we taking a selfie right now? <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, in my defense, I do draw. A few, we have the scouting lads, uh, you know, they're, I mean, yes, it's an answer to the, to the women in the comic, but, I mean, you know, they're there. There are words happening over here. But, I just but isn't that just taking a female character and making a male version of her? I mean, that's not right. Well, <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I possibly think like a man. I just, I am obviously very feminine and a woman. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I'm doing the best I can. Right? That's all I have to do. I'm, I'm going to answer with a slightly serious question. Or I have to be so sorry. But um, I will say that the great thing about about uh, kids comics, or all ages comics, because I read them too and I'm almost 30, um, but uh, is that the ones that have female leads in it have a really good following with boys. Mm -hmm. I am I adore Gotham Academy so much, and yes, there are. Um, but uh, they now there are men characters, but we can all agree that Maps is the best character in that whole book. 
and she happens to be a young girl. Who, by the way, though, speaking about uh, gender and stuff, there is there have been people wondering if, what's going to go on with her as she gets older because she does have a lot of masculine traits as well. But um, as far as how the, the great thing that I'm seeing lately, because granted, this isn't comics, but um, I've seen a ton of Steven Universe cosplay coming up, um, is that there are a lot of feminine characters that are relating, that little boys are relating to, um, which I am very happy about, because I think that the idea that little boys can't like girl things um, is something that's maybe slowly dissipating, at least for the really young ones, so I'm happy about that. And like, since we're being serious right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I put us on that road. That's okay. <laughs> So there's a book out there called Terrible Lizard by Colin Bunn. It is about, it is awesome. I love it. So it is all ages. Um, so it's about a little girl and her dinosaur. And I was so happy on Free Comic Book Day that that's one of the books they chose. And I ordered a gazillion of them. And every time a kid comes in, I don't care what gender they are, what sex they are, it doesn't matter. I give that to them and they always come back to get it because it is a story. And we are the ones who put these the pressure on kids to be one way or the other. Kids just want to be kids. They'll read a story. They don't care if it's about a boy or a girl. They just want to read a good story. And that's what we need to remember. And I'll, I'll get off my serious <laughs> Speaking of, okay, I'm glad that you got off your uh, serious thoughts because we are now going to talk about it. Um, so, this is my question to you. Um, sometimes men like it when you look at their butts. Censoring art of Dick's butt or Namor's nipples is kink shaming, butt shaming even, and that's not cool. I don't actually have a question. <laughs> team because they are they know what audience they have um, and it is it is so much of the so much female gaze is in that book um, and it's a, I, I just read an interview with the um, with the artist where he was asked whether he preferred Dick Grayson's abs or his butt and he's like no but I appreciate that the heads are cut off right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't really need them well it's focusing on what we want you have to think yeah. about men and how are they going to feel reading that book? And they're going to be intimidated to think that's how they have to be. They have to be that strong. They have to be, look like that to get any attention whatsoever and to make it in the world. They, they have to look like that, uh, that Rob Liefeld Captain American drawing. Oh, right? man. You're having to have to If you look like that or know anyone that looks like that, go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to realize that when these men are you know, in the middle of the story and instead of participating in the action, they're sort of praying for the viewer to stare at. I think they feel empowered. Like, oh, I don't need to matter to the action. I can just be something for people to just stare at. You know, I... I think we need to give them the chance to feel good about themselves that way. That's how they that's how they get their value. I agree. And but there there are so few characters that they can like really, you know, look at. There's so few males in comics that I mean, do we really have to like put Grayson out there like that? And that's why I want to direct this next question to actually you, Christine, oh. and Jackie as well, if she can okay. take it. Um, <laughs> on the subject of heroic body types, women tend to be portrayed in only a couple of ways. 
the best ways. Strippers. So, <laughs> the, like I said, the best ways. <laughs> what did you think that Men, on the other hand, I mean, they, I mean, you can, they can be fat, they can be large, skinny, or old. And I'm wondering, should we be worried about the negative ways in which a young boy's body image will be impacted? Because they don't have a clear path to health and perfection, like women do. Well, it's it's really confusing if you have if you can just look like anything. That's like a blank slate. You have so many different ways that you can be. What do you choose? Yeah, it's 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 hard for I think I think it's hard for men to choose because they have so many options out there, mm. especially you know in the comics. I mean, you can look like Kingpin, you can look like Penguin, you can look like Joker, Gaston, Bell's father. Yeah, I mean, there's so many options out there, but for women, you know we have a very clear-cut, easy path, because as long as we look like, how many, are there, is anybody under, yes, huh, as long as we look like people who perform for money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit slut-shamey. <laughs> then, then it's okay, so we really don't, I mean, we can wake up in the morning and know exactly what to wear, I can look like you this. know. Yeah, so I think it's. Keep <laughs> <laughs> trying. Oh, you're not twisted enough. Actually, hurt. <laughs> any chiropractors in the audience? Just <laughs> training would help. Yeah. Yeah. So say all we need. Get in the gym. That's the thing. All women need are to lose a few organs, and then suddenly we got the right proportions. It's and we don't need all those organs. I mean, let's be honest. Like, who needs a kidney? Who really needs a kidney? You only got half of one. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we we can take the gallbladders out. You can take you can half a liver. We only really need one lung. I mean, come on. But men need like like five. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they they have health issues. Yes. You know? Like what if what if like they what if I don't know like many well, of their they're delicate. Yeah. Like there's too many yeah. organs. You have to make sure you get all that anatomy right. Exactly. Do you think, do you think that impacts the perception of men? Like, I mean, where's the love for the dad bod? I mean, that's the thing that recently came out into the mainstream, right? I would take Chris Pratt dad bod or Bob Maldo. I'm just saying. Sorry. No, but but it isn't. It isn't. You know, we really need to have all those those choices for men. But you know, maybe you know, maybe we should we should. Be, we should probably be a little bit more lenient with, with the men and kind of give them just one way to look, yeah. I think, from now on. So on all, all your little guys, just make them all look the same. Yeah. I've tried really hard to make them um, as, feminine, as feminine as possible. It's a hard word to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they all make cookies and stuff. You oh, know, okay. Like, you know, they're, they're pretty normal, honestly. Normal being feminine, of course. Well, of course. Feminine. Oh, well, what do you think, uh, Jackie, actually? I would like to ask you during this question at you. Um, what, it was what we were talking about over lunch about the perceptions of um, the portrayal of men in comics and how they correlate with women. Like, do you have any commentary? Yeah, this question is actually great. I got this, um, I was looking at the questions like a few days ago, and it was like, hey, you've, you've submitted a lot of character portfolios for places, um, you know, what do they ask for with body types? And I was like, never submitted a character portfolio before, so <laughs> I don't know. But um, as far as just like different body types, 
Okay, I'm sorry. I go with super serious, like, right away. But, um... Yeah. Put the pillow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put the pillow. Put him to sleep. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> really hard with the flipping thing. But I feel like it, it's really important to get all these different body types in, and just have good representation of, you know, everybody. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, name any names. But, um, so at my... My actual job, we have a lot of problems with like, not problems, but there's a lot of like forced diversity and um, stuff like that. So I kind of come into contact through it with that. And it's not so much body types, but it is kind of like an odd thing where they're trying to be like so diverse that you're almost being like sexist or racist. And it's like, uh, What's happening here? But you can't really like say anything. So, um. oh, yeah. Um, I'm also a graphic designer, and I used to work for toy and game companies. And um, I would be commissioned to create artwork for game packages. And the thing that this is also serious, but by the way, the thing that would the thing that would happen pretty often is that I would be asked to put diversity into package designs. But I could never have, say, like a black or an Asian person at the center of the photo because it had to be a white person. And I brought this up because I'm Asian American, by the way. Um, I brought this up and they said, uh, well, we want all of our customers to be able to envision themselves at that person at the center. And this isn't made for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Is anyone in here a fan of like anime or Japanese popular culture? So I don't know if you guys are, okay, so basically everyone, uh, basically. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, uh, the, the GAR stereotype, G-A-R. It's, it's essentially something that's new, um, or rather in mainstream uh, Japanese culture where they're, they're focused on like the hyper masculine like uh, male bodied hero and uh, following that line of thought I'm wondering you know um, I think we should talk about the gender fluid Loki and the erasure of strong male character archetypes because while this is prevailing in Japan more help, so does anyone have any commentary in that regard? Oh, Loki. <laughs> uh, that is a real shame. I, I'd like to point out, because I, I don't know if anybody knows Marcy Cook's writing. We both know her, and she's a delight. Oh, yeah, hi. Um, but, um, but she wrote about A-Force, and she was explaining how, because Loki is a female in A-Force, and she was explaining how his how his identity changes, and at one point he was a unicorn. So um, obviously, obviously Loki is one of those interesting cases where he, he or she, whenever, um, kind of chooses to be whoever they want to be. And and as a retailer, putting on my retailer hat, Loki sells like gangbusters. It doesn't matter whether Loki is. Female, male, in between, a unicorn, Loki's going to sell. Because if you write a good character, that's the important thing. Oh, that was serious. Sorry, I slipped right into that serious thing. <laughs> I mean, but I, I get behind that. Like, but on the other hand, can anyone in this room name any female superheroes who are like middle-aged or older? 
Oh, she's not a superhero. Who are we counting? Who are we counting? Who are we counting? I was going to say, are we counting Amanda Waller? Because I want Amanda Waller? Yeah. But she doesn't have any superpowers. She doesn't have any superpowers. Well, she has the superpowers to become skinny. Yeah, yes. Yes. To change shape. The amazing body changing Amanda Waller. Amanda, sorry, Amanda my, Waller, the wall. My, I mean, the twig. My, my perception of the, of the DC universe will always go back to the DCAU. So my vision of Amanda Waller is the amazing, awesome design that the DCAU gave her. And I just reject everything else. As it should be. As it yeah. should be. Speaking of which, okay, but well, I mean, I keep doing that. Point after point. Um, do we have another slide or are we through? <laughs> no, okay. Well, we have a lot more time than we initially anticipated. If we wanted to open the floor to questions, I know that we were concerned before about like how into it we were going to get. What do you guys feel? Sure. Sure. Let's yeah. have questions. Um, ladies, let the men have turns too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going back to your last talking point of like male body image in comics. And one thing I noticed is that you know for female readers, you've got all these examples of these like beautiful heroines with impossibly long flowing hair that never gets in the way. It's not and, impossible. You know, <laughs> lots of you know, perfect figures, and you know, they're showing lots of skin, and whatnot. But I feel like all the men in comics, you know, maybe except for like a handful of like token side characters like Nightwing, they're all like really ugly, right? They're all yeah. like these like <laughs> grotesque bodybuilders who are just made of upside down triangles and like they're wearing these, like ridiculous spandex body condoms with their underwear on the outside that doesn't show any skin and like they're wearing these stupid masks that cover their whole head, like Batman and the Flash. <laughs> so, like, when are we going to start seeing representations of attractive men in comics? As an attractive man, I identify better with attractive male characters, but I didn't find any in comics. This is why I appreciate the Thor movies, because not only do they did they give us some really glorious Chris Hemsworth like shots, but they've also made his hair more luxurious and long. <laughs> so to the point where I've seen fan art of like, for the third one, it'll just be like flowing out the door. It'll be like Adventure Time Finn, just like flowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the hair is one of the biggest problems, because I don't know if you've noticed, everyone in the DC universe has the same stupid 1950s Mad Men haircut. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, Hal Jordan, Arthur Craig. They're all just Fred from Scooby-Doo. With... <laughs> Are there any other comments or questions? <laughs> yes. Could you, could you speak a little bit louder? Does an invisible woman count as a middle-aged hero? Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah, the invisible woman does count. And mind you, her power is to become invisible. <laughs> <laughs> and she only, she only became the invisible woman after she was married, after a few years and had a kid. Then she became the invisible woman. Or that she was the invisible girl. <laughs> yes. Thank you for establishing the tone.
said you uh, work with Playboy, right? You understand what it's like to have women who have been represented with success and power. Well, men don't get that in this society. We don't have magazines that show off, like, men can be, you know, successful and attractive. It's always like, oh, you can see this, you know, man who's successful or attractive. Why is there no images of men that have, like, you know, well-endowed pecs and, and finely toned thighs in business suits. God, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't ask for this. Why don't you just make your own? If you really want it, if you really want, just put yourself out there. I don't understand why, to be quite honest, because we haven't gotten to this point, if men really want to be in comics, then just make your own comics. And then, uh, and then we'll say you're pandering. Thank you for your questions. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to shift this to a serious note. But you were talking earlier about uh, Loki being gender fluid, gender queer, in that spectrum. Um, and I, I really love that you touched on non-binary uh, comic book characters. But I was wondering how you felt about the representation of trans men and women in comics. That's a really, that's, that's a great question. I personally would love to see a lot more of that um, because when we, when we think of trans individuals in the sphere of the mainstream, it confuses a lot of people, I think. Um, with this whole thing happening where uh, Caitlyn Jenner came out, for instance, she is now the most famous like, <laughs> transgendered individual like in mainstream society. But I mean, if you'll notice, also she's you know she's a rich white lady now. So I would love to see um, transgendered individuals who are like represented by a whole bunch of other you know demographics too. Um, does anyone else ha in the panel have? You want to go first? Basically. Something to add along those lines. I was going to say, you know, there's a lot of independently created stuff that'll have better representation and stuff by trans creators. Um, but I think that there needs to be a lot more in the mainstream because, one, like everyone deserves to see themselves reflected in like the culture that's put out broadly. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have to go and hunt to find yourself because you're a person. Um, and two, like if you're not. If you're not hunting for those things, then it's not something that you become aware of and gain an understanding of. And it's also important to see other types of people represented so you understand that the world is maybe broader than you've been raised to think of it as being. So I think they're starting to be more, and there's some awesome trans creators who are making stuff. Um, the first one that comes to mind because I love everything she draws is Sophie Campbell, who is on Gem and the Holograms. But more is always better. Um, and I will say, um, again, I'm, I'm cis, just to be clear, so I'm only speaking as someone who tries to be an ally for trans people, but I'm obviously as flawed as an ally is. Um, I, I feel like, especially in sci-fi slash superhero books, it, there's a tendency to fantasize um, trans and gender fluid people, uh, which is slightly a problem when they become magical, and that's why they're gender fluid. Um, so for me, as far as, um, because I would like to go into creating things down the line, um, as, as someone outside that realm, I feel like creators really need to be better about listening to the trans community and listening to the kinds of representation that works for them because sometimes 
it goes far into, um, like I said, into the sci-fi thing where it becomes their gimmick instead of just part of who they are. So that's that's where, when talking about it, that's where I'm thinking where we need to go next in comics. And, and here's the thing that people really need to understand about pop culture, and creators especially, is that it has a huge impact on the people that read it. Whether the people reading it know it or not, it has a huge impact on them. Just look at the last 10, 15 years and the shows that have had gay, lesbian, you know, characters in them. Kids today, they don't have the same, it's, it, things are changing. Look what the Senate just, or the Supreme Court just did. Woo! Um, but, but kids are changing and they don't see things the same way because if they read about these, you know, all different types of people, they're going to be more accepting of all these types of people. You don't have to teach them that. They will read that and they will absorb that and learn that. And that's really important for creators to realize. I think comics especially are such, are such a good um, way to gauge, I guess, kind of the fluctuations of society because when you look at it, it's, it's like if we look at comics, it's very clear that in, within American society, at least, when we think about what is feminine or what is masculine, rather than being two separate sides of the same coin, masculinity is considered to be superior to femininity. And standard. Yes. And I also think that that can be attributed to the fact that trans women of color are the most violently marginalized uh, demographic within our society. So I think it's important that we especially like raise them up, if, if only through our creations, if only in comics and media, because I think only then will we see true change if they are represented, if there's this, there's this um, stigma associated with that taken away. And comics are cultural mirrors. If you look at comics throughout the ages, you can see what is going on because they come out every month. It's not a novel that people are writing where it comes out two, three, four years later. What the creators are thinking, whether they mean, again, to put it in or not, it's, it's in there. So, and the creators, if you follow some of them on Twitter, they're very political and they're into what's going on. So, again, that's, that's a responsibility. And I'm not really, I, I was an English major in college, so like a lot of my background is really in the analyzing of literature and, um, and media. Um, and I'm just a really big believer in diversity in media, specifically because it does change your worldview. Mm -hmm. And for not just for young kids, but for even adults, I, I really believe that the, in the power of storytelling as far as changing people's perceptions of other people and having empathy. Um, and so for me, not just in, not just in gender issues, not just in, um, in gender orientation, but also in racial issues and other, like all the other forms of diversity, I, I just feel like um, I want to support the creators who, who create a more diverse world and, and help bring empathy to more readers. Question? I had a question for, for Ginger and for, for Jackie. And uh, one of the... Because you, you worked in, in marketing and design and, and also des uh, design for toys. And I'm wondering, what, what did they consider a gendered appeal, uh, especially for like toys, and then did that same type of gendered appeal, did that go like to decide how we're going to market to boys, how we're going to market to girls? Did that translate to adults as well, the same kind of design choices? Um, the short answer for that would be yes. Um, I had actually prepared an answer for that question earlier. Um, generally, what would happen in the toy industry is that I would be assigned pink and pasta, or 
pink, purple, any sort of pastel, that would be for girls. And then everything else would be considered boys and possibly both genders, but it was never really explicitly stated because it was kind of like boys were the default in that. And so in the way things were marketed to adults, like it was still pink and purple to so did like a bunch of dice games because they found that that was um, marketable to women. So that it would still be pink and purple just for women. And where and then everything else was default boy. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually done a lot of toy design, but uh, I did do a lot of, you know, game stuff before I was writing, or drawing Nutmeg. And um, as far as like, Video games go, I think that it it kind of has the same struggle that comics do, as in um, like not great representation for you know women in games, um, and I think we have we still have those like body issue things that have problems where it's like that's the reason a lot of women might not want to get into games or might like shy away from it because I mean we've been having so many problems with like people attacking women and just on Twitter and Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Are we absolutely sure it's not about ethics? We don't want those people after us. Yeah, I know, I know. No, there was a small period of time where I was like, I just can't, I just can't follow any of this anymore. Like, I love video games, but I can't look at it because I am just, like, disgusted by all of it. Yeah, it's, and my, one of my problems is the people that I hang around, all the men, they, they don't, they'll play as women. They don't care. It's not a big deal for them. So I, I have no Gamergate people in my life. I said the G word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're like totally the opposite. So it's really hard for me to grasp how anyone would think that way. I, I really feel like um, marketing people, uh, the corporations that do the big mainstream comics, and it's changing. You know, it always is changing, and I don't. Yeah, like it, it just depends on who it is. But I think a lot of times marketers underestimate what men can handle as far as how much, mm -hmm. as far as how they feel. Because I do, I, I have a lot of male friends. I was going to pull this out earlier. Like, I have plenty of male friends. But, um, but I have a lot of them who are just as, uh, just as confused and bewildered when they see, like, the weird video game marketing where it looks like a bad comic book drawing. Um, the they're, as, they're as confused as, as we all are on, on certain uh, comic book artists who, who draw women as like stick figures. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like men are, men truly are, um, are underestimated as far as how much they can handle women being heroes, women being in their spaces. I've got a story for you actually. It's short, I promise. So as I said before when we began this panel, I suited up as a superhero because I felt very inspired by the superheroes in comics. I grew up with comics all my life. Um, so I was actually among those who caught the attention of certain uh, people in the media and was asked to do a convention. Um, I believe it was ChicagoCon, uh, Wizard World, and I spoke on a panel dressed up 
head to toe in costume. No one knew my, my secret identity, except, you know, until recently when I came out and said I did this thing. Um, and there were several other men on the panel. I was the only woman, and I was really excited. I was at the end of the table over there waiting for my question to come up because they were talking about all of the cool gadgets that people use on street patrols. They were talking about, like, most exciting experience, and then it got to me, and I was asked the woman question where, uh, what, what, what's it like? Do you feel like you're at a disadvantage uh, being out in the streets, uh, you know, helping the homeless on in Chicago because, you know, of your physical stature, being a woman. More or less, that was the question. Um, so I, <laughs> I get it, you know, like I feel, I feel like if, if we had more representation, if we, if we had people who didn't have, just like what you said before, like the stick figure um, female archetype, then maybe there would be more people willing to go out and like do things in their societies, willing to go out and kind of change things, you know? Yeah, Sorry, and well, I know, we're still on the serious real world thing, but one of the things I didn't like about A-Force, as much, as, as much crap as we, they got from the news of it, it really shows how many female characters they have in Marvel. Yeah. Now they don't always use them, they don't always have them in rotation, but when you have a comic with that, with like that big of a, of a poster with all those people. Do we have any leaders in here, by the way? Yeah? Cool. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I feel like there are, they just need to, they just need to get more page time mm -hmm. and they need to get more exposure to like the people who don't go into the comic book stores every Wednesday. Are there any more questions? No? No. Yeah, I mean, I just thought this whole time you didn't even mention the wider last man, which is literally all an all-female comic, limited series, but with only one guy who's just a dork, and I don't think any man reading it, and certainly I didn't feel like I wanted to be Dory Brown in that comic, so does anyone have any thoughts on that, or how it could, or <coughs> kind of creative projects like that could go around? Why the Last Man is a is is a gender textbook. And if you haven't read it, you need to today go to your local comic book store and get this book. Just buy all ten <laughs> volumes or all uh, what is five volumes. Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn. It is the it is amazing. And you will you will thank us for this because it is amazing. And then pick up Saga because it's really cool too. Yeah. I get no money for either one of those. <laughs> but do go buy it from Aya Comics. Yes, but buy it from Aya Comics if you're in Indiana or if you're in Indianapolis, go to Downtown Comics. That's your comic shop, right? My, my comic shop is Aya Downtowns in Indianapolis. I was going to say Bree and I, technically we really short story. We actually were writing for the same website, but we actually met each other through downtown comics. So the manager thought that we would be really good friends. Yeah. And then we ended up becoming really good friends. <laughs> so what we could do now, actually, um, since we are out of material and it's 2.50, we have like excess time. If anyone would like to just, uh, exchange contact details with us while we're still here, unless anyone else has anything. I, I, I just say I have to head out because I have to go get my picture with Sam Jones. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.